All right, we're back at you with another live edition of our Talking with Friends uh, podcast. Uh, it is a cold day here in it's Wichita. Uh, cold day. I am Sports Formation Director Levi Converse. With me, as always, uh, is obviously the wonderful and amazing Morgan Raspberry, his yep. assistant. Yeah. I'm really not that wonderful and amazing, but I just like to say it because it's fun. That's a new. <laughs> that's a new introduction, though. I know, right? Should we? Should we include that in our graphic? Maybe. I think we you should. You think we should? I honestly think we should. We might have to do that. I'm no. telling you, it's going to be great. Hey, we got to change things up a little bit. And you know, it should be like the wonderful and amazing Princess Morgan Raspberry. That's even, yeah, that's even more love it. specific. Yes, yeah. I could see this. Sorry, I've been looking at Disney stuff, so that's what yep. I'm thinking of it. And you're wearing a Disney shirt. <laughs> I'm wearing uh, a Disney shirt yeah. that I <laughs> earned by walking a 5K because I wasn't allowed to run it at the time, but it was amazing. It's got Kronk and Yzma on it. <laughs> And if you don't know who those people are, those are those are the bad guys from Emperor's New Groove. They're pretty lit. I wanted to actually do the one that was with Ursula, but she was like a lot of miles that I did not want to do. And then I wanted to do the challenge course one, which is like 19.4 miles. I know, sounds like a lot, but it's 19.4 miles, and it was Oogie Boogie and Jack Skellington from Nightmare Before Christmas. I oh, wanted okay. to do that okay. so bad, okay. but that's a lot. There's <laughs> a lot of running slash walking at the time for me because I was not allowed to run, and it was very expensive to do as well. However, you get like all of the medals from like the previous like one, so like the 5K, the 10K, the half marathon, the, all of those, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and however many other ones there were but you get like all the finisher medals you get all the finisher t-shirts and you obviously get like a major awesome nightmare before christmas shirt that has both jack skellington and oogie boogie on it and i wanted it so bad because i'm a huge nightmare before christmas person but anyways so let's continue with our podcast today yeah that was we already <laughs> we all we have a scheduled random topic that we're going to do that was like a, a bonus random topic it was like a bonus yeah. random topic bonus randomness so bonus randomness a pre-random yeah so pre-randomness pre-randomness so, uh, that gets you in the mood for our random topic here later oh yeah it's going to be interesting, though, for sure. Yeah, as we said, as we logged on here, it's it's a cold day here. It's, it's freezing. It's 9 degrees, uh, according to my phone. Actually, now it's 10 degrees. It warmed up in the last 30 seconds. Hey, let's go. We got a degree back. It's 10 degrees now. And, oh, my uh, phone still says 7. Well, mine says 9. Oh, or now 10. it says 10. Now okay. it says 10. You're, it caught up. It caught up. But it feels like negative 8. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mine says, let me pull it up again. Mine says it feels like it's minus six. Well, did you see on Monday it's supposed to be a low of negative 13? Yep, yep. And we are underneath not one, but two advisories. Uh We're underneath a wind chill advisory that starts tomorrow. And then we are underneath a winter storm watch that starts on Sunday and goes through Monday. And I, it's all over the place, the forecast is, as far as accumulation goes. I'm seeing anywhere. Today on Cake, we had, I believe they had 2 to 4 inches. I believe KWCH had 7 to 10 inches. Yeah. And so it, and my app here says exceed 5 inches. So we're going to get some snow. But next Sunday, though, it's supposed to be 45 degrees. So, hey. 
a tropical weather. We're getting some tropical weather now. Yeah, yeah. And if I remember right, <laughs> 45 degrees was approximately the temperature two weeks ago wet baseball. We thought we were absolutely freezing. Yeah, we thought we were freezing that, in. <laughs> but now that actually seems like a seems like know, paradise seems, now. Yeah, it seems like, like hey. tropical weather now. It does. We're getting some great weather over here. Yeah. So what's going on this, this week on campus? It, in, in, I mean, in case you don't already know, I'm sure you've either seen it or if you didn't see it, you probably could logically <laughs> assume it. Baseball is postponed tomorrow. The series versus Hastings has been canceled, actually, and, and will not be made up. So baseball is not in action. And uh, we do have women's basketball home tomorrow for Senior Day versus Ottawa yes. University. So that's something to kind of look forward to. And oh, so we're playing. So basketball's playing Ottawa and volleyball. Yes, volleyball is also at Ottawa tomorrow in a try. Yeah, uh, they're playing Bethel. We're playing Bethel and Ottawa. Man, yeah, interesting. Bethel at one o'clock and Ottawa at three tomorrow. Hmm. So volleyball is in action tomorrow. As is women's basketball. Seniors Tiffany Herb will be recognized. Tori Robertson and Khadijah Miller. Mm-hmm. And our friendship fi- friendship fields. Uh, um, girl that sits on the bench every game, Caitlin Eads, I believe is her name. I know her name is Caitlin. I believe it's Caitlin Eads, who will also be honored. So three seniors, and Caitlin will be celebrated tomorrow afternoon. Tip-off time yes. is 3 p.m. And we're, we were excited to announce we have limited tickets available that's been available. Um, now you can click on the link. Yes. Our ticket link. For more. It's very, very limited, though, first come, first serve. So. Um, but that that is out there now for all, all upcoming home events now for the rest of the season. And hopefully. it's honestly going to be great to officially have uh, fans back in the building. I mean, I know that we've had parents and stuff, and a couple of other people that have somehow got in. I don't really know, but um, either way, it's going to be absolutely amazing to finally see more faces out in the crowd. I mean, yeah. it might be a little annoying for me and you because we have to talk to each other. Hopefully, yeah. it doesn't get too yeah. loud. Yeah, but. Um, with stats and everything, but we're going to have a fun time. It's going to be nice. So if you're able to and tickets haven't officially sold out or anything, uh, go online now and get some because we need a lot of – we need as many people as we are allowed to come in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, yeah so what, she, what Morgan's referring to is I do basketball stats and oh, she yeah. spots for me. <laughs> and, and sometimes – and usually it's very, you know, rhythm and routine. There is times that – I, I have to hear what she's saying, and usually those times it's when it's a big play and the crowd's reacting to it, yeah. And you're trying to block out all the noise, so that's a, that's a, makes for a little bit of a. It's like so and so gets a huge time. block or something, yeah, and the or crowd a big goes dunk, crazy, or a, or a big, big dunk, steal. and we're just like, what is going on? It's fun, <laughs> and, and it's something like, all right, assist. Was there an assist? Okay, who was? It's like yeah. we're literally like super close to each other, yeah. like the whole yeah. entire time. Yeah. <laughs> okay, tell me what. what <laughs> So, but we'll be there to cover it tomorrow for you. Um, senior day, if you can't make it or if tickets are gone, our live stream, portal.stretchinternet.com slash friends, Falcons versus Ottawa. And the earlier, the, the earlier matchup was a really, really good contest between the two schools. Uh, Ottawa got the best in overtime, actually. Yeah, it was a close on game. On the road, 68. See, actually, it was not in overtime. It was a late shot that Ottawa won on 68 to 65. Yep. And, and you know, the Falcons had a late lead in that game, and the, the Ottawa pulled it out. To, no, pulled it out late. The Falcons up by three, actually. Yeah, 65-62, and the Ottawa won that winning, 
they took it. They they hit the game winning shot with nine seconds left. So they wound up pulling it out to 68-65. Really, really good game though. Back and forth. So tomorrow, hopefully, will be as well. So got him here tomorrow. Tip off is 3 p.m. Looking a little bit ahead of next week. Uh, I know we'll be back with you with another show next week, but looking just briefly ahead to Wednesday night, Candace Weston will be here for the final regular season home game for both the women's and the men's. And the, for the men, it will be their senior night. Mm -hmm. And we're also doing something kind of cool. It's going to be Dale Faber Tribute Night. Aww. And uh, we are going to... Um, I didn't know we were doing that. Yeah, we, we, posted, we posted early this morning and sent out stuff uh, to uh, alumni as well to share your favorite story or memory of Coach Faber oh, and to message us, that, message us that. And uh, if we use your story or memory Wednesday, on Wednesday night when we read over the PA and stuff at the game, you get a free T-shirt. So um, that's why we had everybody message their T-shirt size as well. So it's going to be a pretty cool, pretty cool thing. I love that. That's so awesome. Yeah, really, really cool thing. I want to give my GA Scott Cox a shout-out on that. He, he kind of came up with that idea. And I think it's a great one, and we're going to do it Wednesday night. Um, we already got it out. We, I've sent out emails to our alumni director and really made some contacts on that and um, posted it early this morning so everybody can have time to share it. And does Coach Faber kind of so, know about this? Yes. We'll, oh, okay. Yes, he does. I wasn't sure if it was going to be kind of like a little surprise fact, type of thing He does. In fact, he wants to make sure I'm screening the, the <laughs> memories of the stories. I, I communicated that I would. Yeah. We've got it worked out to where I can. Um, so it'll be fun. So keep that in mind. Make sure you send us. We've already got a couple uh, messages on it, but make sure you're sending that in your favorite memory or story. Maybe it's a quote, whatever, from Coach Del Faber, um, we, and we will get to it. Uh, yeah. And Del Faber tribute night will be Wednesday night. His last home game here during his career, his 18-year career here, will be Wednesday night versus Kansas Wesleyan. So uh, we're going to make sure we honor him and celebrate him in the best way possible. Yes. It'll be fun. So that's pretty much the action going on this weekend and then going on the early part of next week. So the spring, the spring semester is off and running. We're a little over a month into it now. Yeah. And so we've kind of got our feet under us, seen kind of what's to come. It's still a lot of busy time as the fall sports starts. Their season's back up. Volleyball's already got started. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to have soccer starting back up in the next week or two as well. In fact, soccer, men's soccer is supposed to play tomorrow night. Um, at home against noon, but that was postponed yeah. until March 31st due to the cold weather. Yeah, so right now, like, we're that's kind of why this weekend, this weekend was actually supposed to be a lot busier than what it is now, but um, yeah, so kind of the weather is a little bit of a blessing in disguise. It really kind of stinks, especially for someone who's from South Texas and hates cold weather and snow and ice. And everything about cold weather. Pretty much everything about winter. Everything about right. winter, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's actually kind of a blessing because now it's allowing for everybody to relax a little bit more, take some time off that we needed mm -hmm. and everything. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be like a good resting period for all of those that haven't necessarily gotten the rest period, like baseball and now they're getting the weekend off instead of having to play. And then soccer, I know it's kind of like a late start for them still, but it'll be okay. And it just gives them more time to do what they need to do. Yeah, so. yeah. So we'll talk, we talk a little bit about the game, the last game against Ottawa. Um, I think we also could talk a little bit about the seniors that are, um, that we're going to be, that's playing their final home game. Not their final home game, their penultimate home game. Mm -hmm. and they're celebrating it tomorrow on Saturday. 
Um, Tiffany Hurd, Khadijah Miller, Satori Robertson. Um, kind of start with Khadijah Miller. Khadijah has been a spark plug for the team ever since she's been here. And um, she just plays with a yeah. ball of energy. She gets to the basket. She just kind of has a um, kind of an infectious personality on the court to where um, even, if, even if the team is down big, um, you know, I think a good example was at St. Mary this this early this year. Um, they got off. The girls got off to a really really slow start. Yeah. Um, I believe it scored four points in the first quarter, but but Khadija started hitting some shots late, and the team seemed to feed off of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that really was a catalyst to, to their comeback on that. She and all sixteen of her points in the second half. Yeah, my G.A. Scott Cox is in here um, with a good tidbit as well. Yeah, she caught fire and scored all 16 points were in the second half. And they trailed nearly the entire game um, up to that point. 18-4, um, to 4, I believe, was a first quarter score. And she caught fire, and the team fed off of that and, and just kind of got her back and, and pulled out a win that for about three quarters didn't look like it was going to happen. And and they wrote, and then she rose the case, so she's going to be missed. Um, she's a league score this year, actually. With ten points per game, and so also I believe it looks like second assists. Mm-hmm. So and then Tiffany Hurd, I know you know Tiffany really well. Tiffany <laughs> um, is a she's developed into a really solid interior player. She has she definitely has. I mean, because I know that going in freshman year, she didn't necessarily struggle or anything, but like she. Um, they had like a whole new coach from when she was even recruited from, you know. So that took some time to getting used to. Then just getting into all of getting in with all the girls and everything because she was so close with volleyball. She wanted to be close with basketball as well. So I know that that was kind of like a little bit of a struggle sophomore year. It still continued to be a struggle because she also had a brand new coach that year. And then junior year got a whole entire new coach. And then senior year now, she's actually finally had the same coach for now two years. And you can definitely see a difference in the way that she's playing. She feels way more confident. Because me and her have had multiple conversations about this too. Like... And you can see that, like, she, she's enjoying herself and feels way more confident in herself because she doesn't – she knows what to expect from this coach. She knows how he wants to play, and she knows how to play, if that makes sense. Because, yep. you know, sometimes the coaches, they have different techniques with how they want to play, and so she's, she's finally in a rhythm of how she's going to maintain in this year. Yep. And it's definitely been a huge difference, I believe. Yeah, it has. You're right. There's been a noticeable improvement um, in her game, you know, she as you said, she played volleyball, started out here as volleyball, mm-hmm. um, really solid on the volleyball court, but she's really developed into a solid inside player, and she leads the team in rebounding this year, 5.3 rebounds per game, and she's second in blocks, has 16 mm-hmm. blocks in the season. So she's really developed into a consistent deterrent inside defensively yes. for the team. Also a little tidbit, shout-out to Tiff for it because it's her birthday today so happy birthday to her we've already announced that but still a little bit of a shout out on that one <laughs> yep yep no, no always got a shout out birthdays oh, for yeah. sure then sir tori robertson is also um going to be recognized tomorrow her first year at the program this year she's also had some pretty good games um for, for the falcons as well mm-hmm. so she's played in 17 games overall she scored in double figures against bethany uh, early in the year so uh, three players uh, tomorrow will be recognized uh, as seniors. Uh, again, 3 p.m. tip-off. The men's senior 
not going to be on Wednesday night. Also, Del Faber Tribute Night. So mm -hmm. those are things to really keep in mind um, as well. And again, we mentioned Bible on the Road tomorrow um, at Ottawa. Yeah. Or did we did we mention that yet? Yeah, not? we did. Oh yeah, I thought we did because I, I said that we were both playing Ottawa. Ottawa I didn't realize yeah, that we were. Yeah. I forgot that the women were playing Ottawa tomorrow yeah. night here. Yeah. So I was like, oh, we're both playing Ottawa. And both are three p.m. <laughs> starts. Both are three p.m. Really? Starts. Yeah. I didn't one, know that either. Yeah, Bible huh. plays Bethel at one p.m. and then Ottawa at three p.m. Nice. Yeah, on the road at Ottawa. Kind of works and out good. Ottawa basketball here, volleyball And there. I don't, I believe that they're not allowing visiting fans still at Ottawa. I don't really know for 100%, but I'm pretty positive they're not. Um, however, obviously, we'll have it on our portal stretch for yep. sure. And yep. I'm sure Ottawa will have it on theirs if you can get somehow on theirs. Yeah, they'll, really they'll have it. But yeah, <laughs> they'll have it. Yeah, they'll have it on theirs. Um, it'll be on our, it'll be available on our portal dot stretch internet dot com slash friend along with the women's basketball game um tomorrow as well at three o'clock so all yes. that all that will be available and we'll have coverage of it obviously yeah um like always so yeah that's where we're at right now i think now we can go to we need to recap sunday don't wait we do the need to recap on sunday yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, I actually, um, and I think next week we will. So we'll probably talk about it again. I meant to bring home to bring our notebook that we had, where we kept track of everybody's picks, um, and all the not not just the game picks, but the prop picks and the um, the yardage and all that kind of fun stuff that we did. So um, I didn't bring it today, but I do remember one thing that is certainly notable. Out of the fourteen guests, including me and you. Mm -hmm. uh, Nine of them picked Kansas City. Yeah. Only five picked Tampa Bay. Yep. You and me were two of them that picked Tampa Bay. Yeah, we were. We got it 100% right. In fact, we didn't give them enough. Of well, an I shouldn't think, think we gave them not, enough credit, it was, honestly. It was, like not, it was not as close as we even said it was going to be. Yeah. That yeah. Was, I was actually, I'm, I'm still shocked that it was not a closer game. Not going to lie. Oh, I am but too. I expected a closer I feel like once... What I think happened is, like, because me and you talked about this yesterday, once Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes figured out that their that Tampa Bay's defense is, like, really putting hard press on uh, both Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and then also on him himself, he w they were pressuring the crap out of him. And I think once he realized that, especially in the first quarter, he was like, oh, poop. It was like an oh, poop moment. Yeah. He yeah. was like, oh, man, okay. Well, and I think what you said on Sunday was the biggest key to the game because I mentioned um, Tampa Bay. I said if they're going to win, they're going to have to put pressure on Patrick Mahomes. There's no question about and it. And they had a perfect opportunity because and of this. And they did. Their offensive lineman was out. In fact, they're missing their two starting tackles. Exactly. But Eric Fisher was just out recently. They hadn't been missing him. He was out for that game. Oh, man. And you called it on Sunday You in our pregame. You said that that is going to be a huge loss for the Chiefs. And not only was it a huge loss, it was a huge loss in the fact that Patrick Mahomes set a record. He ran 497 yards trying to avoid Tampa Bay's rush. Yeah. That is a Super Bowl record, I believe. 497 yards to avoid their pass rush. And he still yep. got sacked, I believe, three times. It was under duress nearly the entire game. Yeah. And that really was what I think was the biggest key to Tampa Bay's win was their ability to put pressure on Mahomes because, in a large part, because Mason are starting offensive tackles, offensive yep. line tackles. And, uh, man, I just don't, like, and I understand that, like, 
it's definitely hard, but I'm like surprised that it didn't even seem like Kansas City tried to um, overcome that in a way. You know, like they were like, okay, well, we don't have our starter, but it'll be okay because we know that they're going to try and put defense on Tyreek Hill and probably Kelsey. Like they did, they didn't on Tyreek Hill the first game that they played him, but definitely for, with Kelsey. Oh, they, they had, had a different game from yeah. Tyreek Hill this game. They, they had, had a whole the top, entire new game plan that Tyree I'm surprised Hill. Kansas City was not ready for. I'm very shocked that Kansas City was not more prepared, I guess, in a yeah. way for do, that. Because it didn't seem like they were really that yeah. ready for that in a way. Do you think it wasn't that they're not ready for it? Do you just think, I mean, it's like you said, they are missing, or there's just not a lot they can compensate for it. Because it might be that Tampa too, Bay yeah. has, their pass rush was ferocious at Green Bay. Yeah. They sacked Grant Rogers five times, mm-hmm. and, and Green Bay's offensive line is really good. Yeah. But Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul, they got after Aaron Rodgers the entire game. Yeah. And with Kansas, without their, without their starting tackles, I don't know there's a lot they could do to compensate for. I just think yeah. it was like you're seeing something coming, but you just – I think the only thing they could have done is Mahomes. They could have called plays to where Mahomes could get rid of the ball earlier. No. Yeah. Because I do know this, because I believe me, being a Cowboys fan, i this all year long. The offensive yeah. line was completely out for about game three on. So when Dak Prescott got hurt, Andy Dalton was not as mobile as what Dak was. That's true. Dak was very mobile. Yeah. He, could, he could kind of manage it a little bit and adjust better. Andy Dalton was not m- that mobile. So Dallas had to call plays to where Dalton is getting rid of the ball really, really quick. Mm-hmm. And I think Kansas City maybe could have adjusted their offensive scheme and yeah. game plan to get the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands quicker. Yeah. Which you know, kinda, quick routes and And, and, and things I think that's that. kind of what I'm meaning is, like, they're not compensating for the things right. that they figured right. out in the first half. They yeah. still didn't do in the second half. Like, they, they didn't change anything, it seemed like. It seemed like we were just still seeing the same exact Kansas City team that yeah. – we just saw in the first half. I think half, you're right. I think that the Chiefs they did they did their best. I believe I don't think that they didn't try because you could even tell in some of the after the plays like Patrick Mahomes was like seriously guy like was it was like almost like a seriously kind of a thing you know and like they were like geez what the heck is going on like yeah I I think it, I think it took them off guard a little bit. I think you're right. I think it's just almost a situation where they knew. The situation with with the offensive lineman missing, mm-hmm. but they're saying, okay, we have one maybe one of the best, if not the best, offense in the league. We're going to mm-hmm. do what we do. We're yes. gonna, we're not going to change our game plan. We're going to do exactly and attack exactly the way we always attack. And if that was the case, that didn't work because yeah. Tampa Bay had the answer every single time. And they got like, something going. And, and again, I feel like because the game was so close last time that they played, they that Kansas City, after losing two key players from that previous game, they lost two key players mm-hmm. from that game. And they knew that Tampa Bay had to do something. They, they should have, like, already knew Tyreek Hill. They were going to put more pressure on Tyreek Hill. I'm sorry. I feel like that's something that's, like, an obvious, like, dude, we're not going to let you go and run that down again. They had, have sh- you know, they had a like safety had shadow to, him the entire game. It, yep. They had it covered. They had Tyreek I was Hill like, And I feel like game. Kansas City, I think they were prepared for it, but at the same time it didn't seem like it because they didn't – they didn't want to change how they have been doing things. So it didn't cause for other opportunities for other people that could have actually been key players for uh, the Chiefs in this Super Bowl. I really do believe that there there could have been way better players that he could have used or tried to utilize, you know, in a way that would have helped 
I don't know if they would have ended up winning. I still think Tampa Bay probably would have won. But I feel like there were different strategies in which they should have adjusted with, and especially going into the second half, knowing what was going on in the first half. Like, Tampa Bay, it's Tom Brady. You know, he's trying to go for his seventh Super Bowl win, which he got, and it, they're in their home turf. You know, like, they're not going to let it go easily. You know, they didn't let you off easily last time. Y'all just squeaked by. Y'all barely squeaked by. And that was after building a 17-point lead. Exactly. They nearly come back and won that one. Exactly. They barely squeaked by. So I'm like, why would you let your guard down or why would you not try and change something Because or try and make adjustments to where it made more sense or it made sense that you guys could have probably had a better game in a way, you know? Or at least try to improve on the game because, I mean, after the first quarter, Tampa Bay came back, and especially after the first half against Kansas City, the first game, Mm -hmm. Tampa Bay came back and they they made adjustments. Well, it's not like they had a huge lead in the first half Mm -hmm. of the Super Bowl. I mean, they had a decent lead, don't get me wrong, no, but easily a comeback lead. You know, they easily could have came back from that. But they didn't change anything, so they weren't able to, and then became the third team in Super Bowl history to not score a t- not even score one touchdown. Yep, yep. So, I and don't how know. crazy is that? We was talking the other day. How crazy is that? I mean, Kansas City, who is who is led by arguably the best quarterback in the league and one of the best offensively, if not the best offense. Yeah. Who was perceivably unstoppable, would become only the third team in, in Super Bowl history. To not score a touchdown. Who would have fathomed that going into the I know. The they Somehow, went from I mean, being like the best offense to one of the worst. I mean, really? How At least in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Since, you know, like not in general. I still think they have an amazing offense. I, I think they have a great offensive lineup. Not going to lie. But because of missing two, uh, two key players, they needed to adjust to that. And I don't think that they adjusted adequately or at least enough yeah. to compensate for that loss. Yeah, and Tom Brady being named MVP, he played very well. I mean, he, yeah. and he and him coming to Tampa Bay has changed the culture of that team. Yep. It's brought a winning attitude to that team. But I even think it brought a whole new culture to Brady in general. Yeah, it just brought a different too. all the way around. But the MVP of that Super Bowl for me was the defense. Was defense. And we call it we said it early we on that if that they're going yeah. to win, it's going to have to be because they pressure Patrick Mahomes and take advantage of the Chiefs missing their two offensive tackles. And yes. that's and that's what happened. And that's, that's exactly, exactly what, what happened. happened. So I feel like it should have gone to like the captain of the defense because like in all honesty, it Tampa Bay's defense seriously won this tar- won this whole entire game. Yep, and we, and we we knew it had they if they were gonna win it had to be like that. It had to, it had yeah. To and it was. Yeah. It wasn't. Which, in all honesty, I'm glad that Tampa Bay did end up winning. I think that it's an amazing experience to yeah. win the Super Bowl on your own home turf. Like, to be the yeah. first team in history to do that, like, yeah, I think that that is absolutely amazing, mm-hmm. in all honesty. Mm-hmm. And yeah. not yeah. hating on the Chiefs, you know that. But at the same time, I'm like, that's actually a really cool historical thing that they can fully be proud of like not just only did they make it to the Super Bowl no we made it to a Super Bowl in which we had on our home field and we actually won it right you know and it was and wouldn't it be Tom Brady it would of course be Tom Brady his seventh Super Bowl yep which I mean, you know what that's that's awesome he's the GOAT I mean there's no question no yeah. question on that I couldn't imagine you doing what he's doing at his age right now I'm not saying that he's old by like super old by any means but I could not imagine having seven Super Bowl wins and not 
have already yeah. retired by four yeah. men because yeah. in all honesty that's that's a lot man but yeah. I mean, he's still moving he's still grooving and he's he's coming back better than ever i think oh he is he is i think this has definitely been a huge one up in his book to play against a major contender as like one of the like almost like the second goat in a way quarterback mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. patrick mahomes and now yeah, he's come back and say no yeah. this is my title I'm not passing on the torch yet. Yeah, and, and then a lot of people thought Mahomes eventually would possibly pass him. And, yeah. You know, and I, I, and he, and we talked about this last week too. Another fun subplot to it was uh, um, Tom Brady. If he wins another ring, knowing as he went a seventh, he puts some more distance between him and Patrick Mahomes. Where now you so got too. the head-to-head victory. Yeah. He's got seven to one. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's really hard now for Mahomes to catch Tom Brady in the GOAT conversation. It's going to be really difficult. I think so, too. But, I mean, anything's possible at this point in time. Brady has made that much, much more difficult, though, yeah. for us to argue 20 years from now. Because that's when it would be. Yeah. Not right now. No. Even if maybe the Chiefs have won, no one's going to sit here and say, Mahomes is the GOAT right now. I mean, Brady's still no. the GOAT. But yeah. if he, by winning this, though, it just creates much more of a gap. It does. Because no, I, I still think that Patrick him. Mahomes is on his way, but it's still – and he's still very young. You yeah. know, he's still got plenty more years to play if he, if he's able to stay healthy and everything and all yeah. good, Like, which I hope and pray that he does because, you know, you never want harm on anybody. But um, – yeah, I would agree with you, and we've talked about that multiple times. Like, it's just creating a li- a, a bigger distance. Yeah, I don't know that he gets to seven. That's an inc- that's an unreal number. Yeah, I don't think anyone gets to seven, in my opinion. I, I don't, don't think so either. I mean, and Tom Brady's still not done either. You yeah, never he, know. he's playing next year, and yeah. Tampa Bay's got to be a favorite next year. Everybody, yeah. if they bring everybody back, we could see him back in there next year. Yeah, you never he know. He get eight. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Just imagine if he had eight Super Bowls, like one for each finger. He's going to go for ten. One for each finger. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> I would not put it past him. I'm like, man. Somehow, it, somehow it has to happen. So, but yeah, next week um, we're going to we'll, we'll try to get that to, and let, let everybody know the prop picks. But I believe you and me had every pick right except for the Gatorade color. Mine was close. You're a bit closer than mine was. I was, I I was said, close. I said green. Yeah, you said green. I said and purple. It, and it was blue. No. And it was blue. So purple so I was, closer to I blue. knew it was going to be some outrageous color. I was like, yeah. it's got to be some outrageous Red and color. Red and orange seemed too easy. That's why I didn't yeah. pick orange. It just seemed too easy. But And if, if everybody remembers on it and everybody watched it... Alan Everwine, we need to talk to him about this. But he wore his <laughs> hey. Chiefs jersey. I wouldn't be doing him a favor if I didn't say this. I, I know, it wouldn't right? be fair to Alan if I didn't say we this. We have, we have to, we have to. He wore the Chiefs jersey. Well, last this all started. He told us on the podcast Sunday. He told us last, uh, last year. He's a 49ers fan. He wore his 49ers jersey, yep. and the Chiefs won. So the Chief fans gave him kind of a hard time. Yep. And said, hey, you lost because the four, you wore the 49ers jersey. Thank you for wearing that 49ers jersey. Well, this year he wore a Chiefs jersey. And I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm going to say this. I didn't say this. So I'm going to say what you think about my theory here. Oh, man. Because I've not told you this before. Alan had a smirk on his face when he's wearing that Chiefs jersey. He did. He I did. almost think I almost think he may have had a nefarious motive for wearing it. Because now he's thinking, okay, you made fun of me for wearing my 49ers jersey and the Chiefs won last year and, and told me thanks for wearing it. That's why we lost them. I'm gonna wear a Chiefs jersey and see if we can't maybe reverse that a little bit. Yeah. And and, and it, it it Kansas State lost. So Chief fans they may blame on everyone, but I'm telling you, 
you would think on the surface it was kind of an unintentional, you know, just innocent move. Just I don't know if it was so innocent. I'm going to ask him next know. time I talk to him. Yeah, I was like, we need to ask know. him about that. But no matter what. And we'll see him tomorrow. Because I'm Alan wore Alan. the Kansas yeah. City jersey, it's Alan's fault. Yeah. It's all Alan's fault. Either way, fault. it's his fault. I'm just wanting to, either way, it's his fault. I'm just, <laughs> wanting, to, I'm just wanting to see if it was intentional or unintentional. Yes. We and we'll see him tomorrow. I want to ask him tomorrow if, I, if it was. We'll keep you updated on this because yeah. now we're curious. Now we're intrigued yeah. by this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> We may have to have Alan on here sometime just to just to, just to yes. let him let him give the whole let, let him spill the whole. You can know what? Of beans next week, that's who should be our guest. It should be Alan, so then he can yeah. he could spill everything about that. Let him spill the whole can of beans, and then Chief fans can either blame him for intentionally or unintentionally costing yes. him the Super Bowl. But one way or the other, it's going to be Alan's fault. It's stuff. Alan's fault. So it's just it's depends, it just depends on if he actually had that as a motive or not. So. <laughs> So let's see. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Alan, watch him listening right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we got to figure out if this is actually intentional or not. We need to figure it out. Watch it. I wouldn't be surprised if he texted yeah. you right now because he's listening, saying mm-hmm. it was this. Yeah, yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't shock me. Wouldn't shock me. So yeah, so oh, man. NFL season concludes. Uh, um, NBA season is going is going full strength right now. Yes. Uh, Lakers are number one in the West. Uh, um. Not but, surprising. But no. my Oklahoma City Thunder played them twice this week. Oh, really? Lost both t- lost both games to them mm-hmm. in overtime on the road. Both games went to overtime. The fourth quarter, OKC has an 11-point lead. Mm-hmm. Lakers come back to tie it, win it in overtime. Wednesday night, no. the Thunder's up by three late with around 20 seconds left. LeBron James hits a three no, to tie it. No. Mm-hmm. It goes to overtime. Lakers are up by one with 10 seconds left. It's 114 to 113. Lou Dort guards LeBron stiff. Scott's team. Sorry, I just looked at my so, fantasy team for NBA, and yeah, I just realized who yeah, I Morgan's talking about NBA now. Morgan did win. So, so LeBron, back to the game. LeBron is guarded by Lou Dort. Lakers have a chance to possibly ice it. Lou Dort provides great defense on him. Gets a stop. The Thunder get the ball. They don't call timeout. They get the rebound. So mm-hmm. they advance it. They don't get to advance it. So they're in the backcourt. Four seconds left. They inbound the ball. LeBron gets a t- hand on it. But it mm-hmm. goes back to Kimmerich Williams. But it, they're really hurried. He puts up a half-court shot and misses it. Lakers win 114-113. to 113. So Lakers still number one in the West. Thunder, I believe there are two games of a playoff spot right now. So that's the team I keep up with as a Thunder. I don't if anyone else keeps up with another team, that's great. But no. that's where I'm circling everything around. Is the Thunder? They were the playoff team last year. They may not make it this year. It's, they're going to be close. He's finally healthy. Tyler Good Hero is back. Morgan's pulled up Tyler Hero on our team. He's back. He's the one Thank that. Thank you I, for getting rid of him. Yeah, he's the one I told you to add, though, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. I told you to add Luke him. Luke was like, I didn't want him anymore. Luke has a quick trigger. No. Yeah, he does. He, if you're not if you're not healthy, he'll just get rid of you. Yeah. Luke with his fancy basketball team and football and baseball is the same way. Well, you catch up to Melissa. I'm at two seventy nine and she's at three fifty five. That's so pretty close though. Melissa's undefeated. Close. Yeah. Melissa's the only undefeated team in our league. I'm one game behind her. She's seven and zero. I'm six and one. Yeah. So I'm trying to see if I can catch up to her real quick. So go to your trans, go to your page and we'll see if we can maybe help your league a little help your I team know, a little right? bit. We'll do that later though. Yeah, we'll see if we can maybe help it. <laughs> maybe it needs to, you know, I've not looked at it so maybe we can, there's someone out so there. So far my team's pretty good. I only had two people that are out but I would believe it's due to yep. COVID reasons. I didn't see it. 
I didn't oh, yeah. see it, but I did see two players that I had out. I had three players on my bench right now that are completely out right now, so I put in my two healthy players, <laughs> which one was Tower Hero right now. Yeah. So... I was like, yes, let's go. Yeah, yeah. So we need to look at your team, see if we can maybe doctor it up a little bit and All coach right. it up. Uh, MLB, yeah, yep. MLB starts up pretty soon. Spring training yes. is uh, less than a week, I believe. Pitchers and catchers report. Uh, mm -hmm. Some of those Cardinals re-signed Yadier Molina this past week. Uh, bring him back. Good. Bring him back. Of course, we know the big transaction just a little over a week ago. Yeah. Just that really transforms the center division. Um, the Cardinals getting Nolan Arenado, which takes into me from just a central possibility. They made the playoffs last year anyway, but they didn't win the division. They made it as a wild card. Yeah. But that puts them uh, kind of just from possibly winning the central to being the favorite and then maybe beyond being a playoff threat. Mm -hmm. So that's great. At least they're going for it, trying to improve. I, yeah. I was not enthused about their offseason at all until now. Until now. <laughs> I was, in fact, they got an F in one report card by Bleacher Report, I believe. Yeah. I would have given them an F minus up to that point. An F but, minus. Yeah, but, but they they changed it all in one day. They did. They did. One day, I'm now happy. I won't. I'm not going to complain anymore. No. Yeah. In one day, they they they. They brought it, it back. They brought it back. What grade would you give your Astros for this offseason? Ooh. Honestly, I would say maybe like probably a B minus. Only because I'm like we lost some pretty key players. You know, and well, we George definitely Springer's don't. A big loss, so. Yeah, and granted, we did get to keep quite a few of still some of the World Series uh, team or in contender that contender yeah. contenders that we had, and some still some All Star players that we still continue to have. But we did lose a few more people that than I wanted to. And even though Astros still actually do have a hand on Justin Verlander, losing him pitching wise. That's a huge like stake to the heart, basically for Astros. Not not do I not have any hope that they won't make playoffs. I think they'll probably still make playoffs and everything. That's why I'm giving them a B minus. Mm -hmm. so I wouldn't say a B or a B plus, just because we we're still losing quite a bit that we're gonna have to make adjustments for, and our bullpen needs to get better. Like we need stronger pitchers than what we actually have, and especially since losing our strongest pitcher or our best yeah. pitcher. Yeah. Like it's going to be a whole entire new ball game that well, Astros are going to have to. Yeah, hurt. Like Nearly we're going to have to completely change a lot of things for us. And I was hoping that they would try and sign a, a couple more pitchers, but I mean it's still early. We'll figure it out as I guess we go along. I don't know, <laughs> but I think for the off season. B, B minus just because we lost a lot of key players, but we still kept quite a few um, of the World Series and All Star contenders. Well, so, they're not. I'll tell you this. They're yeah. They're not in rebuilding mode. No, they're definitely not. And they could have been, but they're not. No. They lost George Springer. That's a major loss. But they still have Jose Altuve. They still have Alex Bregman. Mm -hmm. They still have Carlos Correa. They still have Zach Greinke yep. at the top of the rotation. And they Mike still have Lance Brantley. McCullers. They re-signed Michael Brantley. So, the bulk of that team, minus George Springer, the bulk of the team that was one game away from the World Series last year exactly. is back. Exactly. So, I don't think all hope is lost. I, I don't think they've had a great offseason. I might would say uh, B minus or C, but I'll say this. To contend next year, they're not that far off. It's not like they tore everything yeah. down. Well, and that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to say. What I'm meaning yeah. is, like, I think that we need way stronger pitchers now because we lost a major pitcher. We lost a huge 
outfield person slash hitter. I but at the same time, all the players that you literally just like said all have major bats. Yep. You know, so I'm not worried about batting percentage with absolutely losing George Springer. Is he a huge loss? Absolutely. But it's not going to be a huge. I don't really know if I would say huge difference because it's going to be a difference. But I don't, I don't know how you would exactly put that because it is, it's still a huge loss. But the main thing that I'm concerned about is pitching, and that's it. Yeah. I'm not really concerned about fielding-wise or even hitting-wise. I'm just concerned about pitching at this moment in time because now, you know, maybe as, like, in the off season, they did some of the bullpen players, mm-hmm. they did actually get a little bit more work done, and they're going to come back stronger this year. You know, they could. Yeah. I don't know. But at the same time, losing our top our top pitcher, that was always a key person, um, it, 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 it stings a little bit. You know, and considering that we traded Charlie Morton and then he ended up being in the <laughs> World Series the very following year, that was upsetting. Um, we lost another great pitcher not too long ago when we were in the World Series, in the 2019 World Series, the one that had the huge controversy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to really talk about it, but the huge controversy, I'm just going to call it that. It was definitely and, that. Um. I want to say that he was a key. He was a key pitcher, but I don't. I can't remember his name right off the top of my head because we we lost him pretty quickly, uh, sadly. But I, I'm just nervous with pitching wise. I'm not nervous about anything else, just pitching, and that's why I gave it such kind of like a low rating is because I don't think we really gained any other pitchers, you know, or at least not pitchers that are extremely strong like what Verlander was or Charlie Morton was for the Astros. You know, like. We need we need something stronger at this moment in time because we did lose somebody just due to an injury. Granted, he'll be back after this injury. Don't get me wrong, but it still takes time, mm-hmm. and we need to figure out a game plan. And hopefully, the Astros do have a game plan for that. I still think I don't know about necessarily World Series contender, but for for sure playoff contender. One hundred percent believe in my Astros. They will be a definitely playoff bound. I would tend to agree with him. One thing people kind of tend to overlook is, uh, and this isn't pitching, but the Astros are going to be getting back last year's Rookie of the Year, Jordan Alvarez, yes. who only played in two games yep. last year. He's back this year. That's going to add more fun. I believe he had 27 home runs mm-hmm. um season before last. He's a He was a Rookie of the Year. He's back next year, so that's going to help the lineup even more. Yeah. And that actually might offset the loss of George Springer a little bit. That's true. Getting Alvarez is back. Yeah. Getting Alvarez because you didn't have him last year. Getting Alvarez is back, back, back in the lineup. It's going to be big. Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay. Yep. So now you feel better now, don't you? Even better. No. Yep. Yeah, I guess so. Yep. <laughs> still, it, I'm still sticking to my word. Not sure about World Series contender. Is it Definitely enough? Playoff contender. Is it enough to bump it up to a B for the offseason from B minus? Okay, so, we'll uh, say a B then instead of a B minus. You know? I don't know. It doesn't really count as offseason, but it may makes you feel better. Maybe. Yeah, feel we'll give it a B for now. But I don't know. I just wish we would have gained one or two more pitchers. You know that are strong. Yeah, part pitching will be a question mark. Yeah, but we Astros. but we've been struggling with pitching. Not gonna lie, it's yep. just we just had. You Lucky bet. runs. Yeah. You had Verlander <laughs> and Garrett Cole back to back. Yeah. You didn't struggle, but it was no. Garrett Cole. Yeah, after Garrett Cole signed with the Yankees. Uh, yeah, um, two years ago, you see them before last. Uh, yeah, um, that that hurt. That really hurt, and we were upset that that happened. But 
he got a better offer and you know you, you got to go where it's going to best fit, fit for you yep. which I don't even know if he really did much for the Yankees this past year well, they made the playoffs but then they lost in the first round of the playoffs yeah. to the Tampa Bay Rays so they didn't they didn't go as far as they had hoped now they're still contenders again this year they're still well, yeah, favorites yeah. but yeah you're right I don't I mean, is that any less than what they would have gone without or with with or without Garrett Cole? I don't really know. I, I don't mean, know either. They yeah, lost to Tampa Bay in the, in the in the divisional round, so yeah, um, yeah. I don't think, I don't, I don't think it made a huge. I just difference, think that Tampa Bay was a huge underdog slash reckoned to be reckoned oh, with. Yeah. You know, yeah. like well, they pushed the Dodgers he, in six games in the World Series. And, yeah, and who knows if they don't take Blake Snell. Out of the, when they don't take him out, when they're ahead in Game Six mm-hmm. early in the sixth inning, that 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 was kind of that was kind of funny. No. Yeah, because I mean they took the Astros to seven, they took the Dodgers to six, and and I think that they were a force to be reckoned with. I really do. I think they they were more kind of like almost not throughout like how the season went, you know, because even throughout the season they were definitely like a major contender at the time, you know, like we knew it, but from previous years before, I would say that they definitely came out this year this past year yeah you know and almost was kind of like an underdog in a way not i'm not hating or doubt or downsizing the rays at all from previous years because they've always been a decent team don't get me wrong but it almost seemed like they were definitely the underdog Mm -hmm. coming Mm -hmm. into this year and then ended up going all the way to the world series however even if they even though they lost that's still a huge Milestone for I think Tampa Bay in the race. So I'm I'm proud of the Rays, even though they did beat my Astros. But I'm still proud of them. You know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm happy with the results that ended up happening and that they did end up going to the World Series because they were a huge underdog that I, I don't think many people really believed in. Kind of at first, they were like, yeah, "Okay, awesome, you know, we're we're yeah. in it, you know." And then everybody thought, "Okay, they're playing the Yankees." You yeah, know. even though they were number one seed, you did, you still though you still yeah. kind of was being a small market. You still kind of so like they went to the Yankees, the Yankees and they went to, to the Indians yeah. and the Indians. Yeah. That was a close game, I think. Or no, that was the Dodgers and the Indians, right? I don't remember who played the Indians. I thought they did play the Indians at one point. The Yankees played the Indians last year that was to it. get to Tampa Bay in the, in the first round. That was it. But then yeah. Tampa Bay um, pulled it out in the division round over the Yankees. Yes, and a lot of people still expected the Yankees to win, but that was it. Yeah, Tampa Bay was Tampa Bay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that was, but that was an amazing series as well. Tampa Bay definitely held their own, and I, I still think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with, even though they did, however, lose one of their top pitchers. But they're not losing much more than that. And I think that they're definitely a huge playoff contender again this year. No, they are. There they are. There's no doubt. No doubt. Oh, man. Yeah, that will get going in less than a week. Pitchers and catchers report on February the 17th. Always one of my favorite times of the year. And kind of speaking of that, when we talk about the Rays um, taking up Blake Snell early in game six and the sixth thing when they were actually ahead. Well, yesterday was National Roast Day. Mm-hmm. And Wendy's and the and the Rays, If you, I don't know if you've seen this or not, but Wendy's really threw some shade at, at Tampa Bay. <laughs> really? Wendy's, is a, really? Wendy's has a very savage Twitter account. Huh? <laughs> to think Wendy's. Come on. They do. Look at this. Wendy's. this. Okay. So Wendy's says this. I don't know. Some of you may have heard this. I don't think you have though, Morgan. So Wendy uh, says, time for everybody's favorite made up social media holiday. It's National Roast Day, like right now. Drop a roast me below and fill the burn. 
And the Ray says, go ahead, Wendy, absolutely roast us. Keep it spicy like your nugs. <laughs> and Wendy says, we're surprised you didn't pull your social media manager in the middle of writing that great tweet. Hashtag National Roast Day. <laughs> nice. Hey, Wendy's getting savage over here. And Blake Snell quote tweeted that tweet with eyeball, with eye eyeball looking and uh, laughing emoji. Nice. So that was that was I awesome. Loved that. that was good. That's awesome. Wendy's is very savage. Man, they were throwing some shade. They did a lot of it. And, that, and shade, that is a perfect segue to our random topic. Oh, so yeah. It is a perfect segue to our random topic. You have one for us I think is going to be fun. I yep. love our topic, but at the yep. same time, again, old school at heart. I yep. love this yep. movie. So, to start it off, actually, I kind of want to piggyback a little bit off of last week's when we were talking about Disney movies and underappreciated one. I want to say this one just really quick. The city of the Atlantis, The Lost City. I'm telling you, it's one of the most underappreciated movies because it is a absolute joy and amazing movie. However, if you're a history nerd like I am, you're going to love it. If not, I could see why you don't really enjoy it that much. But at the same time, it's absolutely amazing. And just to think about it, it's it's so cool. And I'm like, man, if this was real, you know, because still no one's found it. But um, just like to think about it, it, it's an amazing movie. But anyway, that's a little bit of a pre-random to this random topic off of piggyback off last week. So... Atlantis, The Lost City. If you get the opportunity to watch it soon, please do. If you've never seen it, you need to see it. If you've seen it already but don't really remember it a whole, whole lot, encourage you to rewatch it because it is a great, phenomenal movie. It's amazing. But again, history nerd inside me. Anyways, going into this week's random topic. So me and Mr. Levi have had, we were sitting at Spangles, right? Of course, this happens at Spangles. Yeah, well, the atmosphere, <laughs> does, you just have to know Spangles. So I that's the atmosphere. Hang on. Classes will be canceled on Monday, February 15th, due to inclement weather. Sorry, I just got a falcon alert that we are not going to have class on Monday. Mm. Whoop, whoop. No class on Monday. Anyways, so, oh yeah, fist bump it. So, <laughs> again, atmosphere, we're in Spangles, we're listening to, like, some really, really great music, and if you don't know anything about Spangles or have ever been to a Spangles, it's very much 50s, 40s, it's more 50s and 60s era. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say 40s, but 50s and 60s for yeah. sure. That With type the music of playing and, you know, you got yeah. the Elvis statue, you walk in, it's just a nice, I love going there, it's a nice I atmosphere. I love the going picture, into Spangles. The pictures on the wall, it just kind of gives you that vibe. Yep. It just gives you an amazing vibe, and it's just, it's awesome. And personally, I love, I just love going into Spangles. Uh -huh. It just makes you feel, it makes you feel like you've kind of stepped into a whole different time zone in a way. I mean, you definitely haven't, but, I mean, like, it just makes you feel, it makes me feel a little bit better. But, again, history nerd, and it's fun. So, I'm very old school. Anyways, so we were sitting there just chilling, listening to the music, and we're singing to the music because me and Mr. Levi know it. We were, like, listening to Sam Cooke, and we're singing it the whole entire time. They actually played a Grease song. I don't remember which song it was, though. It was the, um, now you're oh, whatchamacallit, the headliner song, the title song. Yeah, the title track. It was the title yeah, track. Yeah. Uh, Grease is the word. Yeah, yeah. That one. And we were sitting there listening to it, so it got us on the topic of Greece. Of course, it got us on the topic of Greece. 
So we're sitting there, and if you've never seen Greece, how dare you? How if you've never seen Greece? I'm just saying, Greece is a phenomenal movie. It's a phenomenal musical that you have to watch, and you got to watch John Travolta getting down and yep. boogieing. You know, it's fun. Um, however, <laughs> we started talking about how some of the songs in Greece are extremely inappropriate that you would never have thought of. Yeah, you wouldn't have. One in particular is called Grease Lightning. Probably the most famous out of all of the songs in the whole entire Yeah, movie. I actually like that song. I, I would say that Grease Lightning, the song, is probably the top, like, definitely top three best in this whole entire track, I think by a lot of people, if not the best. You know, outside of You're the One That I Want, I think that this one is a, those two are like the top two for sure. But, uh, <sighs> that song is actually very inappropriate. Yeah, it's, it, and you wouldn't even know it. I would you never, I never it. guessed it. And, and really the, the funny thing is that when we were talking, we were talking about that and then it got us to talking about um, the movie in general. Yeah. And, and how there is a conspiracy theory on how there it actually is. ended. And that's, uh, you know, I've watched Grease so many times. It's one of my favorite movies. In fact, when I was a kid, my mom and sister, Cindy, they loved that movie. They, mm -hmm. We watched it constantly. That and Rocky, which is my favorite movie, yeah, that was on constantly. We watched those, those movies. movies. We watched those movies constantly. Well, when this came out, when I read this online um, a while back, I really, it like, made me think, wow, there's no way that happened. So, the theory is that at the very end of the movie, Danny and Sandy is driving off and they go off in the clouds or waving, you know, by their body and, you know, I always assume that, and I think it's right, but I always assume they were just driving off to be together. Like, yeah. the movie ends are together. Well, the conspiracy theory is Sandy was actually dream was in uh, was actually unconscious yes, after yeah. they were in the water to start the movie, and she was dreaming all this. And then once her and Danny rode off into the sky, she was waving by. Well, she actually died. That was when Sandy died, mm -hmm. and that was the end of that was the end of it. She like dreamed this whole scenario. And where they get this at is at the beginning of the movie when they're in the water, like the very very beginning. Um, Supposedly, you know, she almost drowned and stuff, and they're they're together. Well, then the song later, the song "Summer Nights," um, Danny says, "I showed up, she nearly drowned," and then Sandy says, "He showed up splashing around." That's really the only time you hear that. That's the only time. But the yeah. conspiracy theory is, Danny and Sandy were um, instead of them just driving off. That was when Sandy died. Was when she weighed by everybody and the whole movie was her subconscious dreaming it mm -hmm. and you know i just that, thought of this wow. part there's another part that sandy says in summer nights is like he was sweet but just in the deep yeah so, yeah yeah i'm just yeah. saying I, I don't actually believe in this theory i think that it's just supposed to be a happy I ending and they're just going happily ever after you know I don't either, in a fun cool the only way. way to find out is to ask the writer of the movie that's very true though what was he thinking when he wrote it's very it? Very true. And if he's thinking it's a happy ending, it's a happy ending. Mm -hmm. Because we can always come up with, with theories, but we have to no, we we have to just look at it and assume that um, this kind of reminds me of my literature class. I didn't tell you this, <laughs> but it reminds me of my literature class. This is very very similar to what we're talking about. I don't remember the poem, but 
um, it was a really good poem, kind of a famous poem. I could probably think of it, but um, and people was wondering, and our teacher was always wondering, okay, was this boy alive when he's talking this, or was he actually dead? Mm-hmm. And I wish I could think of the memory, think of the, what the name of the poem was. But um, she loved the writer of it. Well, she actually showed up at the writer's doorstep one day. Oh, really? They got to go on a trip, and she knew where she lived. And she wanted to ask her, okay, was he alive or dead during this? And she said, okay, as a, or did he stay alive or did he die? And she said, as a writer, I have to assume he's alive. Because the man was going to constantly, get, constantly going and getting the boy stuff and taking care of him and stuff and, and her theory was she didn't know if he was actually dead and he was just doing this in his mind mm-hmm. or if he was alive well as a writer she said she has to assume he's alive hmm. so that means he's alive because she's the writer of it yeah. same with Greece did, did the writer assume that it was just a happy ending you know we're going off to be together or was he actually is that what he meant because it has to be that has to be the final word on it yeah. because it don't matter what someone else thinks if he's the one writing it that says that they're alive well, like and that it, she if you also think about it the very ending song we'll always be together you would think that it's just like okay we'll always be together like as a group of friends yeah, going yeah. on with our lives moving on to the future because we're gra- we just graduated high school but at the same time if you go in and you think about it in this theory it's Sandy telling everybody goodbye but we will always be together just know that I will always be with you. We will always be together. Yep. So, that's interesting. Now I'm really you know, like getting deeper into this. You want to get know? deeper though? You want to get deeper? Let's get deeper. Okay. Because, think what you just said, which is which is interesting. You said it could be saying, okay, we'll always be together, but she's dying. But, if the whole movie is a dream or subconscious, mm-hmm. as what the writers, or as what the conspiracy theorist says it is, Sandy would have never met anyone at Rydell High because she, that was her first year at Rydell High. <gasps> That's so true. So she wouldn't be saying that because it was a subconscious dream. She had never actually met him. Exactly. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. It could have been based off of people that she'd already met, though. It could have been. Could have been. She, yeah, I mean, no, because she was really close with Frenchie. Yeah. You know, even you the, it, it could have been like Danny, like because even the conspiracy theorists can see Danny met Sandy, like they mm-hmm. met. But he's saying that she drowned after she met Danny, and then you know, and then she's dreaming like being with Danny at school, and she's yeah. dreaming being you know. I, it was I like if like you think about it, see what the only people that she was really like hardcore introduced to was like the crazy Patty girl. Yeah. Yeah, the goody two shoes that girl mm-hmm. um, that ends up being just coming in Patty Sinkwalks or whatever. I don't remember her last name, but yeah, and then. Uh, only the pink ladies. She was never introduced to Danny's friends or anything. Like I mean, she never like had full introduction. She just had to like already have known them. Yeah. You know, if you yeah. think about it. So it's almost like okay, are we basing it off of people that Sandy's previously known, and then now because she has already known Frenchie, she met Frenchie before Hall Nine Yards. Now she's getting introduced to like new people in her mind because she's thinking, okay, I was about to go to Rydell. Who are these people that I would be meeting? Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. We got to figure this out though. That's a good random topic that we need because a lot of our talks we you know we just talk about it and they have you know no early. Conclu- this has a conclusion. Yeah. Where we could actually figure this out. I don't know. We need to try to figure out the writer and, and the screenplay. And let's see. Let's try. I guess this is this is interesting. We got to figure this out. This is a traditional family movie. And our, our, I mean, we have watched this since I was a kid. So 
I would again, like to know. This is very interesting. My, again, though, my th my theory, I still think it's supposed to be oh, like a happy too. ending. I but at the same time, mind. this I, does I kind of blow your mind a little bit. It makes I you start too. to question and think. I do, too. I it's do, like, too. huh. I, I think Maybe. it's legitimate. I think it's a legitimate question we could think about. Well, and then, like, she stares into the water later on in um, the... Oh, and hopelessly Danny's, devoted and to Danny's you and Danny's face, is in, face is in the water. Yeah, like yeah. how she imagined him when he saw her on the beach. You yeah. know, and I'm just saying, just saying. It all yeah. comes down back to the water. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm with you. I I think it was meant to be a happy ending, but that is very interesting, though. I know, right? Very interesting. They're like little clue, odd clues or odd tidbits yep. that you're like, huh? This actually would make sense. Yep. Yep. You know? Yep. It's interesting. Yep. So anyone out there listening to us, give us your opinions. Uh, um, see if uh, see if you jive with us. Um, but it, it's definitely interesting for sure. It definitely is. Definitely interesting. So, all right. You got a good devotion for us. You already told me a little I bit do. of it. I like it. So, no. I do. Okay. So, I can't remember the actual name of the devotion. So I'm going to look it up really quick because I don't remember the title, title name, but uh, it's definitely, okay, so the title of this one is called Bigger Than That, because, okay, so, it, again, all my podcast um, devotions come from Big Life Podcast, Pamela Krem, absolute amazing woman, again, if you have the chance to listen to her, please do such an inspiration especially not only to me but i know to so many other women including like my mom and some of her friends and even my grandma i believe as well as starting to uh get a little bit more into her but anyways so bigger than that in our lives we have so many challenges that we like to pray about you know like i I definitely fall under this category. I've definitely prayed about a lot of things. And um, we're hoping and praying and just hoping and praying and hoping and praying for God to provide for us. And sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't, you know. Like sometimes in our mind it doesn't happen, but in other ways it does happen. So I want to talk about the story of Abraham and Sarah really quick. So, in Genesis, it's actually kind of like a shorter chapter. I would say that Abraham and Sarah, they're not, they're mentioned quite a bit. Don't get me wrong, because Abraham, come on. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows Abraham. Right. But, Father Abraham, uh, right? Father Abraham. Father Abraham. You remember singing that song as a kid? I do. Well, <laughs> it I do. just came to my mind. I was yep. like, dang it. Yep. That song was a marathon <laughs> song. Oh, man. Oh, Father Abraham. That was, that was a good, there's so many different little preschool or like not preschool but like pre like children's school church songs that yep. just yep. were absolutely or vbs songs you know vacation bible school but anyway back to back to the moral of it so we're down to the part with um in genesis in the chapter where it's abraham and sarah who have been praying and wanting a child for years and years and years right Finally, an angel came to Sarah and Abraham and said, God is providing you a child. Sarah's like 90-something years old. I don't remember exactly how old she was, but she, she's 90s. Yeah. Abraham's 100. So, like, we talked about this. Like, mm -hmm. Sarah kind of chuckles at it, and then yeah. God, through the angel, is like, why are you laughing? Mm -hmm. 
Sarah gets a little bit of ashamed by it, and he was like, no, you ser- you left. And after years and years of praying and wanting and desiring a child, God finally provided Abraham and Sarah with a child. Sure, it wasn't exactly in the time that they were probably wanting. I, I would assume they weren't exactly wanting a child at 90s and 100 years old. Like, uh, that's kind of cray-cray. But anyways... They were provided a a child. God provided them with a child named Isaac. Or who they named Isaac. Later on, Isaac is, he's he's a child, but he's still, like, he's he's older than a baby now. And God had had come to Abraham and said, we need to sacrifice a lamb. I need you to sacrifice a lamb. That lamb is going to be your son. So... Abraham, I know what probably all like parents are thinking, like, what? And Abraham says, okay, I will do it. So they're on this journey to, I believe they were finding the place where they were supposed to have the sacrifice. I don't fully remember exactly. Yes. Yeah. yes. And they were traveling with a group of people. It wasn't just the, them two. And Abraham had finally... See, like he looks up and sees the mountain or the hill that they had to do the sacrifice on. He said, that's it. That's where we're going to do it. That's where God is telling me we are going to do it. So the, everybody puts their stuff down, the, uh, the group of people. Abraham turns to the, to the other men that were in the group and said, you guys stay here. And here's, here's kind of like the plot twist of it all. And it gets mentioned later on, too. Again, I don't remember when yeah wait I will actually say when because I just remembered haha <laughs> but um so this is kind of like the plot twist of it all is that a lot of people kind of overlook and I kind of I find that kind of interesting because I definitely overlooked it whenever I first read this story until just now today and he I, Abraham takes Isaac and says and turns to the other people in the group and said you guys stay here me and Isaac are going up there. We will be we will be back. We will be back down and meet you guys here. So they take their stuff. They take all of like the wood. Uh, Isaac is carrying the wood. Abraham's carrying all the rest of the supplies for it. And as they're walking, Isaac turns to his father and says, "Father, where are we going to get the lamb for the sacrifice?" So Abraham has not told Isaac any of this. He, he, so Isaac has no idea what's going on exactly outside of they're, they're going to perform a sacrifice for God. Mm-hmm. And Abraham tells Isaac, God will provide the lamb. He, he will provide the lamb for us. So, of course, Isaac, he's like, okay, awesome, pretty much in his mind in a way. And they continue to go up. They're starting to build what what they needed for the sacrifice and Abraham goes as far as to tying up Isaac, placing him under the wood, yeah. whole nine yards, yeah. like was and literally fully, yeah. was fully prepared to sacrifice his son for God. And an angel came down and said this and told him a message from God and said, Here, here is a ram that God is wanting you to sacrifice. This is the lamb for the sacrifice yeah. that God is that God is providing for you. Yeah. So 
Isaac obviously does not get sacrificed and they come back down and what's kind of that after the sacrifice they come back down together which they which Abraham said in the beginning so he knew God would provide a different provision so that him and his son will both return they would both return because his faith was so big and so confident that in in God that he would provide for them so that he did not have to take his son's life, his only son's life, in which yeah. God provided for him. And, and that sounds familiar as we get along in the Bible. We know exactly. what, the word only son comes up. Exactly. So, Obviously, and God yeah. ended up sacrificing, which is the Lamb of God, is Jesus. Yeah. Um, he is the Lamb and the Lion. And he is later on sacrificed on the cross for all of us, all of God's children, mm-hmm. and to wash away our sins. And he is the one and only true son of God. And so he sacrificed the lamb, Jesus, for the rest of us, just as Abraham was willing to sacrifice Isaac for God. And because in his faith in good tidings and just just how strong and he knew that there was a bigger picture than this he knew Mm -hmm. God would not allow for this to truly happen so he knew that God would provide for the lamb and I I, I, that kind of like amazes me because it's so true we have to go through the challenging times like we have to have the challenges so he Abraham had to tackle the challenge of getting over the fact of sacrificing his one and only son that he has ever had and had to get over the idea mm-hmm. of I'm about to lose and kill my own son you know yeah. and I'm yeah. doing this for God we have to go through the challenges of our lives we have to go through the challenge of the path in order to get the provision from God because our mm-hmm. faith is so strong in God and we know that he will provide for us it is bigger than us God is bigger than us, and his plans are bigger than mm-hmm. us. We mm-hmm. are bigger than the challenges in which are placed in front of us. If we can get through these challenges, God will provide in the end. And with this story with Abraham and Isaac, he provided in the end. And both Abraham and Isaac were able to come back down and come back home together. And Isaac ended up becoming like a huge person in the Bible yep. as well. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it's just amazing like to see that Isaac ended up being almost like a prophet of God in a way he wasn't exactly a prophet but you know like he was so strong in his faith just like his father was before him and you could see that in his journey as well and it's just absolutely amazing because now this grew to a bigger picture mm-hmm. this was the bigger picture yeah yeah you know That's right. his faith was probably enhanced even more after even though he was a sacrifice since God provided a whole entire new sacrifice so he didn't have to it probably strengthened his faith even more in God because he knew that God would always provide even through the challenges that we do not see in our day that we see in our day-to-day lives that eventually God will provide for us now If you want to take this into a modern time, like nowadays, because I'm sure that a lot of people have been going through struggles and everything, and we have so many new challenges in the world right now. I do know that, but for me personally, I know that my freshman year here, so I'm, I'm a senior, as you probably all know, so I'm a senior here at Friends, and my freshman year, 
I moved from I moved from Texas to Kansas. Yeah, um, I was also a red shirt, so I wasn't able to actually play my freshman year or practice for a majority of the year. And it was very upsetting and very devastating. I missed my home. I missed my family. I missed my dogs because we couldn't have animals on campus um, at the time. So it was a very huge struggle in my life. And I know it might not mm -hmm. seem like it, but it was definitely a struggle. And I know that a lot of uh, students go through this struggle. I know so many others that went through this struggle as well as me and I was but I continued to stay around. I continued to have faith in why I was here and I can and as I was here I was incredibly blessed with a whole entire new family that I can call so I could call this place my home. Mm -hmm. You know it's it'll probably it's not my true home but I mean nowhere is our true home until we get to heaven that's our true right. home yep, yep. this is all a temporary one but it's another new temporary home that was created and God provided for me personally and I never understood that until probably about my junior year here because I still missed my home sophomore year but don't get me wrong like, it was just a much better experience and so my sophomore year because i was able to start playing again so I was able to become closer with my teammates I was able to do all these different things and it was just an absolute challenge for me that I know that many other college students go through but in the end God provided this path for me and even though the path had multiple challenges and especially mental challenges for me I prayed to him I asked for provision and he provided me with this whole entire new family that I can call my temporary home this is a new temporary home with a new temporary family for me that I am so incredibly blessed to have had and it led me to Mr. Levi. It led me to my boyfriend now, Travis. It led me to my best friend, Tiff. It led me to so many different things and so many new opportunities in which I never probably would have experienced if I would have let the challenges get in my way and stop my mentality and just had gone home. I don't know where I would be right now if I would have just gone home my freshman year. So we have these struggles that seem bigger than us but there's a plan with from God that is bigger than that because God is bigger than that he is bigger than the challenges that you will face and even if he does not provide in the exact time that you are wanting because trust me we have this <laughs> I liked I liked this uh, like symbolism in a way God is not Santa Claus Mm-hmm. He is not Santa Claus. Yep. <laughs> you told me that. I, I, I love that. I really yep. did love that. Yep. Um, if we got everything that we wanted in the timely matter that we wanted it to be, and God just provided everything for us as soon as we wanted it, we wouldn't do anything. We wouldn't have any struggles in our life we probably would be like big huge sacks of potatoes because we didn't have to worry about anything because God always provides for us well he still does always provide for us but he provides for us when we need him most when he can tell that we need it that much we've gone through the challenge we have 
challenged our not necessarily challenged our faith but we have faith but we have grown in our faith to become stronger and to believe in him and to believe that he will provide for us he will provide for us Mm -hmm. right we just have to stay strong and we have to stay strong in our faith and belief system and just make sure that we believe because i promise you guys he will he will provide i know i've been saying that like this whole entire time but i i swear he will provide for you even if it does not seem like it right i promise you in time he yep, will provide for you yep. it is all in his timing because he knows when we need these things he knows when this is going to matter the most to us and in all honesty he has to let us go through the struggles to try and figure mm-hmm. it out on our own he wants to provide for us, but he also wants us to provide for ourselves as well, in a way. Yeah. And he, but he will always be with us. He will always be there to help provide us and to help guide us through our path. And but at the same time, I like this analogy too. Like, there can be two paths: easiest path or the har- or, or the hardest path. The easiest path takes you through. Okay, I'm going to have to lie. I'm going to have to be unmoral, unethical in order to get what I want and when I want it. Or I can go through the struggles, be honest, be patient, be truthful about everything in what I do, be moral and ethical in everything that I do. And even though it's going to be a struggle, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. And that is what God is providing for us. Sorry, that's always like my favorite. That's good in general because I like to narrow it down to two paths because normally there's multiple paths Mm -hmm. but I personally like to narrow it down to two paths and say I'm going to take the easiest route that is just basically handed to me or am I going to take the hardest path in which I kind of have to struggle but at the end of the day because my faith is so strong and I knew that I did everything in my power to be correct and honest and truthful and just moral in general God will provide for me in the end, or at least there will be some sort of provision in the end. If we take the easiest path, I mean, that's not God's provision. To me, in all honesty, that's the devil's provision. Mm-hmm. You know, not trying to get extremely, like, yeah. you know. No, but that, that's correct. Like, that's correct. I believe that, I strongly believe that that's more of like the devil's provision versus God's provision. And God's provision is always better than the devil's position mm-hmm. pro- provision even though it might not seem like it in that time mm-hmm. in the time where you're struggling the most and in the time where you think that you need to go on this easier path i promise you you do not want to go on the easier path because that's leading you down the wrong path into a provision in which you do not want in the end yeah it seems right. it seems like the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow mm-hmm. but it's really not You always want to seek God's provision instead of the easiest provision. Amen to that. Yeah, and I want to point out something too to you because we talked about how Abraham, he knew, uh, he kept saying God's going to provide the ram. God's Mm -hmm. going to provide the ram. I want to compare that to what you told your story here. I want to put you and Abraham in the same sense here because I think it's important. There's times when we're, you know, we believe God's going to work things out and we're trusting God's timing then the human side of us is always thinking, okay, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? Mm-hmm. Do you think during that time, as close as Abraham was to God, during that whole time that God told him to sacrifice Isaac, he believed he was going to provide the ram? But don't you think at some point as he got closer and he put Isaac on the altar 
under the wood, he's thinking, okay, God, okay, God, you're going to do this? Is this going to happen? You ain't going to happen? You ain't the human side's thinking, okay, you know? I honestly think that it probably did. Yeah. Maybe not to the extent of, okay, I'm I think not, we're all like, that questioning way. Questioning you, but at the same time, yeah, I'm a okay, little okay. bit questioning kind of, right kind of now. Worried. Okay, I think we're all that way. And then like, you're a little story. hesitant. And yeah. I think that's why he took a little bit to build the all. Yeah, he took yeah. a little bit. Like he yeah. took as much as to tying down his son. I don't think he needed yeah. to tie his son down. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> I think he's kind of like procrastinating it a little bit. But yet, God like, come yeah. through. But God come but through. God and come then, through. and then your story. There was probably times until you know you come into all these great things that you're in right now. Probably your first two years, three years, thinking, okay, God, am I, is this going to work out? Yeah. Is this supposed to be here? And we all do that, and that's part of being human. But it also strengthens our faith in God, where God has blessed you now mm-hmm. and has kind of shown uh, himself to you in a lot of ways now. Yes, uh, yes. Where you stuck it out and you trusted, and it's, and it's worked out. Mm-hmm. So you and Abraham kind of have that in common. Yeah. Two different situations, but at the same time, you're trusting God, and God provided at the very end, and it's yes. all worked out. For as well, so that yeah. very good devotion. That's awesome. Thank you. I, I knew it was going to be good when you told me to die. I knew it was going to be good. I was looking forward to it. I, I really liked this one too because yeah. at first, I might not seem like it can be related to you, but it definitely can relate to everybody. In all honesty, because we all go through the struggles, we all all go through the challenges, and I de- I know that I personally have done this before. We're always like, God, when is this going to happen? Yep. When are yep. you going to do this? Well, We're not blaming human. him. I get human yeah. to do that. Oh, yeah. We're just being a little bit... It, we're being impatient in this time, but we yep. need to stay patient. We need to stay calm, and we need to stay strong in our faith instead of being impatient in our day-to-day lives. Yeah, yep. very good, very good. So, just to wrap things up really quick, um, tomorrow, 3 p.m. again, Women's Basketball Senior Day versus Ottawa University, 3 o'clock. We'll be there to cover it for you. Limited tickets available for that. And volleyball on the road at, at Ottawa. They'll also face Bethel at 1 o'clock, Ottawa at 3 o'clock. Baseball is postponed this weekend, mm-hmm. and it's still cold. So that's the last still update. <laughs> still very cold. Considering we just got an alert saying classes canceled already. Yeah, already. We're going to get snow it's coming in Friday, Sunday. and we got yeah. classes canceled yeah. on Monday. <laughs> but not before we take care of basketball tomorrow. Yes. So we got that, and then next week we have a little bit of a warm-up. So we'll be welcoming yes. that. Um, of course, next Wednesday will be basketball. Again, we'll be there to cover all that for you as well. Send in your coach's favorite quotes, favorite memories, all that kind of stuff, and we'll be on the lookout. We've already got a few, but keep sending those in. Yeah. Um, all right, I think it's my turn to pray, I believe. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and do that for us, and then um, we'll close out. So let us pray. Lord, we're thankful for today. Even though it's cold, we're thankful for your blessings and provision and, and sustaining us uh, through everything. We're thankful for all the seasons that you provide for us. Uh, we're thankful for this campus and the university and everything it stands for, the mission statement. Uh, continues lives to bring people closer to you through our athletic department and our campus community. Um, I also thank you for Morgan, everything that she does uh, um, with me and for all of us, and just just continue to bless her and guide her and direct her um, and everything that she does. Uh, um, I ask that you continue just to bless us and keep us healthy through this as we continue to navigate some uncertain waters. But we're thankful that you go before us and nothing surprises you, and you always walk alongside with us. I ask that you keep and protect the fan upon us always in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so thanks for joining us today. Have a great weekend, and we will uh, be covering basketball for you tomorrow, and we'll be back with a brand-new Talking with Friends next week. So have a great weekend. We will talk to you soon.